Welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're so honored that you're joining us today. The word kalos is a poorly pronounced Greek word that means beautiful. And we believe here at Kalos that the words and the ways of Jesus are very beautiful. That's why each week we're bringing content to make known that beauty. So let's go ahead and jump right in to this last Sunday's sermon. Good morning, church. My name is Pastor Amritha, and I'm so glad that you came this morning. Can you give yourselves a round of applause? You came to church worshiping God. I love it. I'm so glad that you're here. I am preaching our third installment of Emotional Healthy Spirituality. If you don't know, we're going through this book, and it's really, really powerful. And it really, we begin to talk about what is below the surface of our lives. And so today I'm excited to preach about this topic because I think this is one of the most important topics that we need to have in this conversation about emotional health. So I want to start out by asking you this question. How many of you have ever been late to a movie? Anybody been late to a movie? It's the worst, isn't it? Like, I don't know who made you late or what happened, but it's the worst. Because then you get into the theater, and you're just trying to catch up, and you're just trying to, like, think about what must have happened at the beginning for this, what I'm seeing right now, and the end to be happening. The end doesn't even make sense unless we see the beginning, right? And so Pastor Pradeepan and I, we have this routine on the nights that we are home and we don't have any church stuff, we put our kids to bed, and we sit down on the couch, and we watch our show. Everybody have a show. And so I turn on, we turn on the TV, we get started, we're about a minute in, and I inevitably need a snack in that moment. Like an urgency rises up in me. I don't know why. Pretty much like, why don't you get your snack before we start? I'm like, I don't know. It just happens as soon as we start. So I jump up. I go into the kitchen. I'm getting my snack. I tell Pradeepan, don't pause it. Just keep going. And it's fine. Like, I'll hear it. It's fine. I'll just catch up. So then I come back with my snack, with my popcorn. And I'm sitting there. And I'm watching. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Who's that? And why, is, why are they doing that? And how did this happen? And Pradeepan is like, are you kidding me? He's like, fine, let's just rewind it. Let's start all over. Because you can't understand the beginning and the end without watching the beginning. It's hard for it to make sense. And that is exactly what we're talking about today. We're talking about the importance. If you're following along in the book, it's chapter 3. We're talking about the crucial necessity of going back in order to go forward in our emotional health. And so I'm really excited about this topic, but I want to tell you this. I want to tell you that God is a part of this journey, and he should be a part of this journey in your life of going back so you can go forward. 1 Peter 2.24 says this, He himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. And I want you to keep that in your heart as I preach this message. By Jesus' wounds, you have been healed. You can experience emotional healing in your life. I am a firm believer that you cannot be spiritually healthy if you are, not, if you are emotionally unhealthy. 
I'm, I'm convinced that the two are connected. We are created as whole be- beings. And I don't know about you, but I grew up in a church culture. We didn't talk a lot, a lot about feelings. We didn't talk a lot about emotions. We didn't talk about going past to pain points in your past. Anybody else grow up in kind of a church culture like that? We didn't talk about that stuff. And I believe that it affects our spirituality. We should have been talking about it. We need to talk about this at church. This is a great place to talk about this. And maybe you grew up in a culture in your home. You come from a different culture. You didn't talk about emotions. You didn't talk about feelings. Your parents or somebody in your life never said, how did this make you feel? It's important. We've been teaching our daughter about emotions. Yesterday, I spanked her. And she looked at me. She's like, Mama, I'm sad. And I was like, I bet you are. Because she was naughty. But we need to talk about this. And maybe this is new for you. But I want you to lean in. Because I believe that God has something for you. Some areas of your heart that he wants to transform. Have you ever asked yourself, I've been in church, I've been around spirituality, I read the scriptures, and yet it feels like there are still places in my life that God has not touched. I keep hitting this wall spiritually. Anybody ask that? Here's another way to ask it. How many of you would say, if you're honest with yourselves, I cover up my emotional baggage with my spirituality? I'm just not honest about what's going on, the storm inside my soul. So I come to church and just kind of put on a face. We can do that with our families or with our church. You know, the truth is, I hate to break it to you, we all have emotional baggage. Everybody say emotional baggage. Okay, I found some memes that help us understand. I think we can all relate to this. Let's put this first picture up here. Casually carrying around my emotional baggage. I know, some of us can relate to that. All right, let's go to the next one. Me and my emotional baggage on our way to overreact about something that could just be resolved by communication. You don't have to raise your hand if that's you. Everyone comes with baggage. Find someone who loves you enough to help you unpack. Aw, isn't that sweet? You know, we see all throughout the scriptures that God is a generational God. When you read the scriptures, we see how blessings and curses or consequences pass down from generation to generation. And Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and even all the way down to where we are today, we see that things are passed down. And what I want you to understand is that what happens in one generation often repeats itself in the next. And so we're looking at this, maybe you've realized in your own life and in your own family, you know, my grandparents struggled with this thing. It definitely is something my parents picked up, and now I find myself dealing with the same thing. Maybe you have experiences like that. Sometimes it's different things like addictions, substance abuse, or alcohol. Sometimes it's divorce. Sometimes it's just anger that is passed down from generation to generation, or fear. These things passed down over and over and over if we don't deal with them. So emotional health, I believe, needs to be a part of our discipleship in Christ. I want to read this quote to you. Discipleship requires putting off the sinful patterns of our family of origin and relearning how to do life God's way in God's family. Amen. You know, we don't often like to revisit our past. If I'm honest, some of us, we just are like, don't even talk to me about this. I don't want to hear it. For some of us, we're sitting here and we're like, you know what? I don't really have any baggage. I don't have anything traumatic. There's really no pain points in my past. I don't really, this is not really for me. 
Well, I want to tell you that a lot of times there's messaging that happened in your family that may actually be affecting your current reality, a messaging that is really uh, difficult and something you've harbored inside of yourself, something that you believe deeply in your mind. It doesn't always have to happen from a traumatic event. Some of us, we're here and we just want to leave the past in the past. I don't want to dig it up. I don't want to deal with it. Some of us, we don't know how to access our emotions. Maybe you're sitting here and you're like, we're talking about emotional health. I don't, that doesn't even compute for me. But I want to tell you that even if you don't know how to really access your emotions, you still need to address whether you are emotionally healthy or unhealthy in your life. And a lot of us, we're just scared. We're scared to revisit the past because we don't know what we're going to find. And we're afraid that what we're going to find is going to swallow us up and it's going to be too real. But I want you to remember the promise of healing, the promise of the presence of God as you go back in order to go forward in your life. I want to talk today about a man in the scriptures named Joseph. I love his story because his story talks a lot about what it means to go go back in order to move forward in his life. Joseph's story spans all throughout Genesis. We pick up in Genesis 37. I'm going to read a scripture here in just a second. But Joseph in this moment is 17 years old. He's the 11th of 12 brothers. He's in a mixed blended family. Maybe some of you know what it's like to be in a blended family. His father has two wives and two concubines and all of the children are living in one house. Now, what you need to know is that Joseph was his father's favorite son. His father's, father's favorite child. And everybody knew this. And so I want to pick up in Genesis 37.3. It says this. Now Israel loved Joseph, Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. So we see that his brothers hated Joseph. They were jealous. Because he was his father's favorite. And Joseph apparently did not have any self-awareness, okay? Because he goes and flaunts this ornate robe in front of his brothers. And he goes and he has the nerve to tell his brothers that he had two dreams where his brothers were bowing down to him. And he was lifted up in a place and position of power. Well, guess what that did to the brothers? It made them even more angry. So angry, so jealous that they did one of the most horrific things that Joseph ever experienced in his life. This point of trauma that we see happen in his life. At 17 years old, his brothers sell him into slavery. They sold him. They got rid of him. And Joseph, as a teenager, never knew if he would ever see his family again. Can you imagine what that must have felt like? So we see as we continue, Joseph has this really difficult life. He gets some favor at times with the Lord. He gets into the palace and in with the king. And then sure enough, he gets falsely accused of having an affair with Potiphar's wife. He gets thrown into jail for years. And then he gets uh, given favor again. And sure enough, he gets elevated to this place of being governor over all of Egypt. And all of a sudden, this famine comes, 
and it hits the nation, and all these people need to come and get food. Joseph was appointed to be the guy who would make sure that everyone was able to get food for this famine over all these years. This is where I want to pick up. Genesis 42, 6 says this. Now, Joseph was the governor of the land, the person who sold grain to all its people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. As soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from, he asked. And I believe it's in this moment that Joseph needed to reckon with his past. Number one today, you need to be honest about your whole story. Most of us just want to focus on the positive things. We don't want to go back to some painful parts of our past. We don't want to dig all of that up. We don't want to talk bad about our parents or our family. So we just are just dishonest to ourselves about our story. But the truth is your, your story, some of these pain points in your life, they're affecting your current reality. They're affecting your relationship. They're affecting your parenting. They're affecting your marriage. You can't quite figure out what's going on in your marriage. I'm telling you, you may have some woundedness that you need to go back and visit. I want to read this quote to you. Family patterns from the past are played out in our present relationships without us necessarily being aware of it. We can't erase the negative effects of our history. Family history lives inside of all of us, especially those who attempt to bury it. The truth will set you free. So Joseph has this horrible moments of trauma in his life. I mean, this guy, can you imagine the, the turmoil in his heart? I mean, he has rejection issues and abandonment issues, and he probably hates himself. I mean, his own family wouldn't even love him, and there's all these issues that come up for him. And so Joseph looks out as these families are coming for food, and he looks out and he recognizes one of the families that's coming toward him. And he looks a little bit closer, and he realizes after all these years that the family that's coming toward him are his brothers, the same ones who rejected him and threw him away and sold him into slavery. And it's in this moment that I believe that Joseph was triggered. Everybody say triggered. Anybody seen trigger warnings on the internet? You see social media. You know, I see those trigger warnings and they just make me so curious. And so then I scroll through and I'm like, oh, I'm so triggered right now. Why didn't I just listen to the trigger warning? Anybody else do that? And so we get triggered. And I believe that Joseph saw his family and he was triggered. Now I want to tell you what happens when you're triggered, okay? I got some really great friends that are therapists up here. I'm feeling very supported this, in this moment. This is what happens when you're triggered, okay? You got this part of your brain that is not in your conscious awareness. We don't mean to do this. And it's back there in our deep brain. And all of a sudden, when you're triggered, that feeling, that feeling for Joseph of rejection and that trauma that happened for him, all of a sudden, his, this brain, his body that carried this trauma, you know that you can carry trauma in your body? It remembers what happened to you. Even if you put it away, it remembers. So all of a sudden, this trigger is going off, and this trigger is like a warning sign that's saying danger, 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 danger. And sure enough, when Joseph is triggered, he does what we all do, and he reverts to what's called coping mechanisms. And so we all start coping. And I want to tell you a little bit more about what coping mechanisms are. Some of you may be uh, experiencing that right now in your life. Some of you may be spending years of your life just coping 
because there's some things that you have not dealt with that you need to go back to. I want to give you some common unhealthy coping mechanisms that you may see in your life. Anger is a coping mechanism. Avoidance, busyness, isolating, over, uh, overreacting, catastrophizing, worrying, running away, spending, defensiveness, alcohol or substance abuse, or self-harm. There are many different ways that we cope. I want to read this quote to you. When we are stressed or fearful, we often resort back to our childhood survival instincts. With the lack of safety in the world, many of us have been forced into a situation that will uncover unhealed pieces of our story. The pressure pushes on our coping mechanisms to the point where they begin to fail. When these adult coping mechanisms fail to soothe us, we often revert back to our basic survival patterns. We protect ourselves by returning to the patterns that protected us in the past, especially as kids. When triggered, we immediately leave our adult selves and start leaving from the wounded child point of view. I want you to think about it. The next time that you're triggered, some of us know what our triggers are. Some of us know how we quickly revert into a coping mechanism. You know, one of the things that you can do to, to kind of think about, well, where did this come from, is you can stop. When you're triggered, you can stop in that moment. You can take a moment to think about how you feel and what's happening in your body, what's happening in your brain, what danger sign is going off in this moment. And a lot of times what you can do is you can ask yourself, if you, if you think about the state you're in, because you kind of are reliving a state that you were in, you can ask yourself how old you were, how old you feel. So if you're feeling triggered and you're in this moment, how old do I feel right now? Well, I think Joseph, in this moment when he was triggered, I think he felt 17 years old when he was abandoned and he was rejected by his family. And oftentimes if you ask yourself that question, you kind of go back and you can see where those pain points are. And so we see in the scriptures that Joseph actually was triggered. And I'm going to tell you here in just a minute what happened to him. But I realized in my own life that I had some emotional baggage to deal with, okay? One time, Pastor Pradeepan and I, we were just engaged. And one time I was driving on fumes. I didn't get gas. I waited too long. Anybody else out there? I just had dropped my fiance off at work and I pull out of the road and I run out of gas. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I ran out of gas. This is so embarrassing. So I'm sitting in my car, and I am sweating. And I am starting to feel really anxious and starting to really worry. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to call Pradeep in. He's going to be so mad. He has to leave work. Like, he's just going to yell at me. This is going to be terrible. Oh, I just, and so I was, I was, I was revving myself up for this sort of reaction. Well, I call Pradeep in, and I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry, but I just ran out of gas. Could you come help me? And he's like, sure, I'll come help you. And so a few minutes later, Pradeep in comes with this, like, can of gasoline, and he's walking over to me with a smile on his face. And I'm like, what in the world? I jump out of the car. I profusely apologize. I'm so sorry. I'm going to make it up to you. I, I, I'm so, uh, like, uh, embarrassed that you had to leave work and all this stuff. And pretty much like, Amrita, it's okay. This happens sometimes. In fact, I think it's kind of funny. I think it's funny that it happened to you and not me. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. You know, and I'm like, what in the world? And I realized that I had some emotional baggage. Because in my family, if this would have been my mother and my father, and my mother ran out of gas, my father probably would have lost his temper, been so mad that he had to leave work, and probably would have just yelled. How many of you have parents with short tempers? 
That was my dad. And so I was expecting this response from Pradeepin. But he didn't give me that response. And it shocked me. I was like, what? People actually respond. Like, why would you be happy about this or be smiling? You guys, this meant so much to me, how Pradeepin responded to me. Then I took a picture of it, and I Instagrammed it. Do you guys want to see this picture of my knight in shining armor who came to my rescue? There he is. Look at that handsome guy. Look at that button-down shirt, those shades, that gasoline. Mm-mm. I tell you what. Can you blame me for marrying him? Five whole people liked that picture. <laughs> it's a good thing that I don't get my identity from Instagram likes. Amen? Amen. So we have this emotional baggage that we deal with. I was in the car probably about my seven-year-old childhood self that remembers being yelled at by my dad and remember this stressful environment in my body and that part of me that didn't remember all of this was coming alive in something that I was facing. And so the scriptures go on to say that when Joseph saw his brothers walking toward him, he was triggered, he goes into this coping mechanism, and you know what he does? The scripture says that he spoke to them harshly. He didn't reveal that he was their brother. He spoke to them harshly. And you know what he did? He actually accused them of being spies. He accused them of being spies. I want you to take a moment to think about moments in your life where you are triggered. I want you to think about what you do as a response to when you are triggered in these coping mechanisms. I have another quote from the book I want to read to you. We often underestimate the deep unconscious imprint our families of origin or early experiences leave on us. It's only as we grow older that we realize the depth of their influence. Behaviors were hardwired into our brain. Apart from God and biblical discipleship, we simply bring these expectations into our closest relationships as adults. So Joseph has to deal with his pain. We pick up in Genesis 45 too. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers, and he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Number two this morning. There's a difference between escaping your past and dealing with your past. Some of us are just glad we got out. Some of us are just glad that we escaped. But God, I believe, is asking you to not just escape it, but to deal with it. There is a popular Disney movie called The Lion King that really depicts this point really well. So let's show this clip. What was that? <laughs> the weather, <laughs> very peculiar. Don't you think? Yeah. Looks like the winds are changing. Ah, change is good. Yeah, but it's not easy. I know what I have to do, but going back means I'll have to face my past. I've been running from it for so long. Ow! Jeez, what was that for? It doesn't matter. It's in the past. <laughs> yeah, but it still hurts. Oh, yes, the past can hurt. But the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Ah! You see? So what are you going to do? First, I'm gonna take your stick. No, 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 no! Not your stick! Hey! Where are you going? I'm going back! Good! Go on! Get out of here! <laughs>
Don't we all just need like a Rafiki to cheer us on? Doesn't that just pump you up to go deal with your father and mother wounds in your life? You know, like it just pumps me up, you know. But I want us to catch this. I want us to catch this moment. Joseph in this moment is in a room with his brothers. And you have to realize that Joseph was the governor. He had the power to do whatever he wanted. He was incredibly successful in this moment. But what you need to realize is just because Joseph was successful did not mean that he didn't have fractured parts of his life. It doesn't matter if you are rich or how successful you are. Your woundedness that you have not dealt with does not care how many private schools your kids are in or how big your house is. You still need to deal with your stuff. And we think that we can just sort of like succeed our way away from this and through this. And that's just not what God has for us. He has more for you. He wants you to experience his healing. He wants you to be healed in those place of wounds in your life. And so we see Joseph is in this room with his brothers. And he tells everyone else to go away. And he begins in tears to weep before them. And for the first time, he reveals to them who he is. And I imagine it probably went something like this. I am your brother. I am Joseph, who you threw out like you throw out a pair of shoes. I was a teenager. What were you thinking? I still haven't been able to get over this. I've been hating myself, trying to figure out what's wrong with me, that my own family wouldn't even love me. Why did you do that? You have caused so much. By the way, in the last 20, 30 years, I've been through hell and back. And you weren't even a part of it. You stole years of time that I could have had with my mother and father. You did that. And I have been carrying my whole life this anger and this resentment and this bitterness towards you. And Joseph in this moment does something that we can only do by the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe. He looks at his brothers and he forgives them. Instead of escaping his past, he could have just killed them. He could have just denied food to their family. But instead, he went back in order to go forward. He didn't want to just escape his past. He dealt with it. God wants us to deal with it. You don't have to do this by yourself. In fact, I recommend that you don't go to these painful places without a pastor, without a counselor, without some friends in your life who can walk with you through this. It's painful, but it is worth it. Because you know what happened to Joseph when he didn't escape? He got to live his life as the governor of this land, but he was reunited with his family. He got to be a part again of his family. He had wholeness and healing in his life. And if you are hungry for that, if you are, if you are just constantly in pain in your life, I encourage you, God is calling you and knocking on your heart. And he's saying, I want to do some soul searching with you. He will be kind and gentle about it, but God wants to heal you today. Amen. Out of his honest grieving pain, Joseph truly forgave and was able to bless the brothers who betrayed him. You know, I was um, talking to Pradeepin a, a, a while back ago. We've kind of learned how to process and be, you know, anyway, we kind of therapize each other now, okay? And so um, we were processing, and I was telling him, I was like, what is it about me? Like, I oftentimes I will just profusely apologize if something, uh, if I get in trouble or if I'm called out on something. Even when I was a little girl in school, I got in trouble for talking all the time. Imagine that. And I got in trouble for talking. When I got in trouble, I would feel bad all day about it. 
And I, I just am like, why do I do that? And so Pradeepan and I, we were processing this a little bit more, and we dug a little bit deeper, and we realized that there was a narrative going on in my mind, looping over and over again. Now listen, many of us have narratives that we believe, stories about our lives that we believe. And the narrative that I was believing is that if I am not making sure I operate acceptably, I will be rejected by people. I used to deal, I actually got delivered from this, thank God, but I used to be a huge people pleaser at the expense of myself because I just didn't want to be rejected. And I had this narrative going on that I had to keep up this appearance. I had to make sure that I never did anything wrong because I didn't want to be rejected. And do you know where that came from? You know, the Holy Spirit took me on a journey with a counselor, with some people in my life. You know that the reason I had that narrative going on, the rejection that I felt, it's because the very first time that I experienced rejection in my life was the day that I was born. I was abandoned as an orphan and left at the doorstep of, of some woman's house. I was, uh, my, my, I, was, I was growing in my biological mother's uh, tummy. And when I came out, there was this fractured, broken thing that happened and I was separated from her. And remember what I said, you store these feelings in your body. Did you know that even as a baby, you can store this rejection in your life? You can store this feeling. And I began to realize that it started way back there. And if I was going to move forward in my life, I had to go way back there to the day of my birth to deal with this issue of rejection in my life. Many of us have stories narratives going on in our minds. Some of you, you just constantly feel like you have to achieve, achieve, achieve. You feel like you're not worthy if you don't achieve. No one sees your value or your worth if you don't perform perfectly. Some of you, you your survival instincts are running. When something happens, you bail. If you have conflict in your marriage, you're out of the room and in another room. And it's probably because something like that happened to you or somebody or something walked out on you. Some of us, we project our issues onto other people. You constantly think that people are out to get you. You're constantly taking everything personally. Listen, I'm going to tell you this. Pain that is not processed becomes projected. You project the pain that you haven't processed. And so we need to look at that carefully, regardless of our culture, country of origin, education, social class, and age. The early messages and scripts we inherited from our histories powerfully influence our present relationships and our self-esteem. True spirituality frees us to live joyfully in the present. We have to go back to go forward by breaking free from destructive, sinful patterns of our past to live the life of love God intends. I want to tell you this morning, there is hope. The state you are in is the state that you give to others, but there is hope for you. Number three, rewrite your life script. Joseph in this room with his brothers, he rewrote his script. He rewrote his story. He decided to start over. He decided to give them a clean slate and to forgive them. Some of you have been harboring major hurt and pain, and you need to forgive those who have hurt you. If someone handed you a script right now about your story, what would it say? And do you need to take some time to rewrite that story and rewrite that script? Listen, the great news about Christianity is that your family of origin does not have to determine your future. 
Your family of origin does not have to dictate your future. Amen? Listen, when we surrender our lives to Jesus, we come into this spiritual family, and it is full of forgiveness and healing and love. Jesus wants all of you. He doesn't want you to hold on to these things. He wants to set you free. He wants you to be a healed and whole person. Listen, you're not, you're not bashing your family. You're not bashing your parents. Your parents did the best they could. They moved the ball down the road from their parents. But it's okay to go back and to revisit these areas of your life. You know, I have been rewriting my story for about the last 10 years of my life. When I was about uh, 25, 24, 25 years old, I literally got on a plane and I flew back to India where I was born. I'm going to put this picture up here right now. And this is me standing on the ledge of the orphanage that I was in as an orphan. And I'm holding a picture of myself on the same ledge at that same orphanage when I was about two years old. Sometimes we have to go back in order to go forward. Do you know that I went on that trip and God freed me of so much insecurity in my life? He touched me. Some of you need to go back to your homes. You need to go back and have conversations with your families. You need to go back in order to go forward. You need to stop trying to escape all of this. I encourage you this morning to understand that your emotional health, is, uh, it influences your spirituality. Do you know that every since I've been working on my emotional health, man, I have soared spiritually. I am more alive in Christ than I've ever been in my life. I am more convinced of the partnership that God wants to have with us to advance his kingdom on the earth. Pastor Pradeepan and I, we have been rewriting our story even together. We're about to celebrate 10 years of marriage this year. Can we give it up to Jesus for 10 years? But it has not been without some pain points in our life that we had to go back and we had to revisit. You know that we have a counselor that's spirit-filled. She loves Jesus. And she said to us, she said, you guys are dealing with some trauma in your life. You're dealing with the diagnosis of your kid. You're dealing with grief. But I want you to know that much of the pain that you're experiencing over here actually started way over here. And you guys need to go back and you need to revisit some of these pain points and it will affect this situation over here. And so I encourage you, true spirituality frees us to live joyfully in the present. Living joyfully, however, requires going back in order to go forward. I want to leave you with this quote. You just got to let this sink in for a second, then I'm going to pray for you. Jesus may be in your heart, but grandpa is in your bones. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this moment where you, God, are asking us to search deeply into our hearts, deeply into our past. And Jesus, I'm asking that by your Holy Spirit, you would give us the strength and the courage and the bravery and the, and the determination to not live emotionally unhealthy. Lord, I just pray a blessing over every person in this room who heard this message. I pray that you would reveal to them who they need to talk to, Lord Jesus. God, I pray that those that are in this room that need a counselor or need a therapist, God, you would provide. Lord, I'm praying that those who need to bring some people into their journey would be so brave and so bold to do that. Lord, we commit. We will not just escape our past. God, we will deal with them because we know that we don't have to deal with them alone. You will be with us.
Thank you for taking our wounds upon the cross that we might be healed and whole. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Thank you so much for joining us for the Kalos Church Podcast. Hey, if you feel comfortable, we would love to see you and meet you in person. We meet at 945 and 1130 every Sunday at the Hilton Garden Inn in downtown Bellevue. If you want to join us, head to www.kalos.church. You can get all the information you need and sign up so we can make sure there's a safe place for you to come and experience the beauty of Jesus with you. We'll see you next time.